1995, there was a movie based on a book chronicling true events about a death row inmate who sought the spiritual direction of a nun during the final days of his life. The character maintained his innocence of the crime until near the end, at which point he confessed the crime to the nun and sought the forgiveness of the family. The story about how everything unfolded was so compelling that Sister Helen Pergine, a member of the Sisters of St. Joseph, felt compelled to write a book about it as a witness to an execution. A short while later, the book was turned into a movie, winning multiple awards. The book and movie told the story of The Dead Man Walking. Sister Helen felt so compelled to tell what she had seen, and as a result, millions of readers and viewers had how they understood the world of criminal justice changed. Today, in our Gospel, we have the story of the deaf-mute talking. Jesus is traveling near the Sea of Galilee, and the crowd brings Jesus a man who was deaf and mute. He could not hear and he could not speak. They begged Jesus for a miracle. They begged Jesus to give the man his sense of hearing and ability to speak. And it's helpful to understand here that during the time of Jesus, there was a much greater willingness of the general population to accept that Jesus possessed great power over the physical world, and in some cases, even the spiritual world. But that does not mean that all of the people believed that Jesus was God or even sent by God. The Bible itself records that the accusers of Jesus did not deny that Jesus cast out demons. Instead, they claimed that Jesus cast out demons by the power of demons. We then have Jesus' reply that demons cannot cast out demons because a house divided against itself cannot stand. That's one example within the Bible, but there are other examples outside of the Bible, such as that of a man named Celsus who wrote extensively about Jesus, calling him a magician, a demon, and the illegitimate love child between Mary and a soldier conceived behind Joseph's back. Celsus claimed that all the miracles that Jesus performed were merely magic tricks which he had learned from the Egyptians while living there in exile. The great theologian Origen, sometimes falsely accused of heretical teaching, and if you want to hear how these false accusations started and how the charges against Origen are soundly refuted, I will refer you to the incredible Orthodox theologian John Baer. But sticking with Origen in response to Celsus, Origen wrote a nearly 300-page counter-argument. We do not have time to go through that point by point, so a brief summary will have to do. Origen argued that Jesus was not a magician because magicians are always about self-aggrandizement and were most commonly people, at least at that time, of rather notoriously sinful lives. Origen then turns our attention to Jesus and demonstrates that at every turn Jesus sought the betterment of the people around him. That Jesus used the attention that he gained to turn people's attention to the benefit of a life lived for God. That Jesus' foundational motive was the reformation of humanity for the sake of the atonement of sins and reunion with God the Father. 
Origen argued that there is no possible way that Celsus was correct in calling Jesus a magician because the very foundational attitudes and motives of magicians and those of Jesus are such a vast distance apart that the resultant chasm between them is impassable. And as we shift to the actual healing event, we see what Origen was talking about. If Jesus was a magician, this is where he'd be making great announcements of how incredible and difficult and challenging his next trick was going to be. He'd be working the crowd. There'd be lights and pyrotechnics. If he was a cheesy 1970s, early 80s magician, it is this point he would introduce his lovely assistant who would stand by looking pretty while handing Jesus props for the sake of his next trick. But that is not what happened. Mark records something much different. Mark tells us that Jesus avoided attention. According to Jesus, excuse me, according to Mark, Jesus pulls the man aside. He gets the man away from the crowd privately is exactly what Mark said. Then and only then does Jesus begin the healing. Jesus puts his fingers into the man's deaf ears. Jesus spits. We're not exactly sure why or where or what he does with the spit. Some people believe that he spit onto his fingers before touching the tongue, but the text does not say. Jesus touches the mute man's tongue. Jesus looks up to heaven. Jesus sighed. Each of these individual actions are things that occur in other Bible passages by themselves to gain the desired result. People are healed by Jesus' touch alone. Jesus looks to heaven for a variety of events as his means of communicating the power of God. Jesus sighs. Jesus breathes onto the apostles to give them the power of the Holy Spirit near the end of the Gospel according to John. But in this miracle occasion, Jesus privately with the man who was a deaf mute, does all of the above in sequence, and then says, then commands, Epphata, be opened. And as a result, the man can hear, and the man can speak. And once he can speak, he cannot shut up. Jesus tells the man, Jesus tells the crowd, not to tell anyone. How could they not, though? the man's life was completely changed. That type of change brings questions, even from those who were there. How can a deaf man hear? Jesus healed me. How can a mute man speak? Jesus healed me. The more the, ma the man made new simply existed with these new abilities, the more questions there are that would have been asked of him and of those who saw him healed. And the more questions that were asked, the more he and the other witnesses would have been compelled to tell the story. Jesus healed me. Jesus healed the deaf mute. They were so amazed, so astonished, so overwhelmed by the power of Jesus, they could not stop telling people about the deaf mute talking. And here we are today, talking about him still. The question today for us Therefore is, what compels you to be a witness? Is Jesus' work in your life so transformational that people ask you, what is it that makes you you? To which you are compelled to answer, Jesus is in my life. 
At one point in all of our lives, our ears were stopped and closed against the gospel. At one point in all of our lives, our tongues spoke about anybody but Jesus. Then one day, it may have been early in life, or for some it came later in life, Jesus reached out, touched us, looked to our heavenly home, sighed, and said, Be opened. And our, and our ears heard the good news, the gospel. Our lives were changed. The only question is, did we start talking about it? Jesus is a miracle worker, not a magician. He does not brag about himself. It is up to us to tell others how amazing he is. Now let us continue spreading the gospel, just like the deaf-mute talking. Amen.